How many of you enjoy the specials we do here at church? Isn't it great? Uh, if anybody would like to do a special, see uh, Sherry back there. Sherry, raise your hand for the new people. There she is right there. If you ever want to sing or do anything special, we'd love to get you involved. Because after all, we are a family, right? All right. Marianne and the kids, let's stand up here. Hallelujah. Father God, I pray right now that your anointing would be upon Marianne, upon these children. I pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would teach them the things of God. And Lord God, not just teach them the things of God, but the anointing would be caught in their spirit. In the name of Jesus, that the spirit of faith would take hold of these children. And they will do exploits, be signs and wonders on this earth. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hey, I do want to let you know here, uh, it's been stirring in me for a few weeks um, about getting some prayer cloths to pray over and to give to people. Um, you know, the book of Acts talks about how God did unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, right? With handkerchiefs, the anointing would go in a handkerchief, they'd pray over it and, and believe in God for miracles and healing. So um, Sherry is made some prayer cloths and she's going to continue to make more. We even have some for the children. Isn't that kind of cool? So if anybody after service, um, you want to come up and you have someone who's sick in the hospital or whatever, and you want to, we're going to take hold of the prayer cloth and we're going to pray over it and believe God for the anointing in here and see them get well. Amen. So, um, also don't forget there is a suggestion box on the back there. Um, if if you ever have an idea for the church, uh, anything outreach or anything, we want to hear about it, right? So we're, we're a family. So, uh, I would love to hear any ideas you may have. Now here's the disclaimer. We might not do it or we might, right? But we want to hear about it. Amen. All right, guys. Hey, if you have your Bible, open them up to first Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now, let me just tell you, the prophetic word that um, Carol gave today, she read our mail. She read my sermon. Did, Did you read my sermon? You read my sermon, didn't you? All right. So here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. And it says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren... I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, last week I talked about the mission of the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't heard that message, go to livingwaterschapel.org and listen to it. Uh, It was powerful. I think it will be a blessing to you. But I talked about the mission of the Holy Spirit, how, how the mission of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus, right? Anywhere the Holy Ghost is moving, he's always glorifying Jesus. Amen? But this week, I want to talk about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit today. All right? So just like Sister Carol was prophesying, many of you in here have spiritual gifts. Amen? And maybe the Holy Ghost has been knocking on your heart. Maybe you've had a word of prophecy. Maybe you've had something you wanted to share, but you're just, you're a little standoffish about it. Well, you got a little, a a loving rebuke from the Holy Ghost today. Amen. (laughs) Through that prophetic word. All right. So the Holy Spirit wants you to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. When the Apostle Paul was writing to the Christians in the city of Corinth, he said concerning spiritual gifts or manifestations of the Holy Spirit, he said these words, I do not want you to be ignorant. 
Now, what does the word ignorant mean? Ignorant means have a lack of knowledge about. He doesn't want you to lack knowledge about the gifts of the Spirit. And many Christians in the body of Christ, they do lack knowledge about them. The Word of God tells us to desire spiritual gifts. Now, you can't desire something that you have no idea about, right? To desire something means you know something about it and you're desiring what it is. Okay, are you following me there? So today, I want to stir up your spiritual appetite about this, about spiritual gifts in your life and how to recognize the operation of them. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just going to touch on all the gifts. And probably next week or when, whenever the Holy Ghost leads, but probably next week, I'm going to continue and go more in depth about each gift, okay? So this is kind of like a foundation one today, but I want to go deeper on the practical uses of them and, the, and each scriptural reference about them. So um, I'll probably be doing that in the near future, if not next week. Um, but <clears throat> the first thing you need to know about the gifts or manifestations of the Holy Spirit is this. To operate in them, number one, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You have to be bat- receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Now, you got to know this. Jesus did not... Uh, do one miracle. He did not start walking in the power of God on this earth until the Holy Spirit came upon him when he was water baptized. Go with me to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Let's just look at this here. I'm going to give you some good foundational teaching here on this topic. So Matthew chapter 3. 13 through 17. The prerequisite to flowing in the gifts of the Spirit is to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. It says this, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Notice John was saying, no, 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 no. No, you need to baptize me, Jesus. But Jesus said, no, no, no. I need to do it because I'm the first fruits of the brethren. Meaning, because what I'm doing, you're going to need to do also. He's our example. That's what Jesus was saying there. All right, listen to this. Verse 16. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Notice it wasn't a sprinkle of water. Hello, somebody. A little dabble, do you? Right? No, he came up out of the water, so he was fully immersed. That's true water baptism, all right? All right. Um, immediately, he came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, it was at that point, that is the the guidepost, that is the, you can put a stake right there and say that's the very moment, the start of Jesus' earthly ministry. That's when miracles, signs, and wonders, and he began walking in power. Okay, that's when it began. Now, when you get born again, when you get born again or saved, we call it, right? The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. 
All right? He comes to live inside of your spirit, man. But there's another experience. Say another experience. After getting born again, that's called the Holy Spirit baptism. All right? That's where the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He comes upon you to empower you. See, here's the deal. Kenneth Hagin has a book. I believe it's called The Holy Spirit Within and The Holy Spirit Upon. You've got to have both. Now, here, now, listen to me. I've heard it said this way. When you get born again, you get the Holy Spirit. But when you receive the Holy Spirit baptism, the Holy Spirit gets you. He gets all of you. Are you following me? All right. I asked the Lord once. I said, why do you make... Why did you make the Holy Spirit baptism a second experience? Why not just receive everything at one time, right? Well, this is what came back to me. He said, because it proves that they truly have a heart to seek me. Listen to this. They truly have a heart to seek me. And when they seek me for more, here it is, I am a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. That's scripture. So God spoke to me and he backed it up with scripture. Amen? So now here's the big question. Let's settle this one right here. Are you saved and going to heaven without receiving the Holy Spirit baptism? The answer is yes, absolutely. If you made Jesus Lord of your life, you're born again, you're saved, you die right now, you're going to, you're going to be with our Heavenly Father for eternity. Amen? All right, so this is not a salvation issue, Okay. But don't kid yourself. This is a very important experience that God wants us to receive. And I'm going to show you why here in a moment. Uh, but the Word of God talks about four baptisms. Did you know that? Talks about four baptisms. Number one, when you're born again, you are put in or set into or baptized into the body of Christ. All right? You're set into. That's the first baptism. Number two, water baptism. Water baptism identifies, you're identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, all right? Um, and then thirdly, the Holy Spirit baptism, which we're talking about here. And number four is the baptism of fire, all right? That's where the Holy Ghost is coming into your life, and he's cleaning some things up, amen? That's why it's, it's, it's important to obey and follow the instructions of the Holy Spirit. He's always trying to lead us and in, in, trying to make us holier. He's trying to... So we can receive all the benefits of the covenant, the new covenant. The new, by the way, it's the new and better covenant. Amen? If God healed, if God did miracles, signs, and wonders in the old covenant, the new covenant, if it's new and better, why, right? why wouldn't he do it today? He's still doing it, right? The new and better. Say new and better. Now go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Man, the Word of God is rich, isn't it? Whew, I love it. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. You've got to get a hunger for the Word of God. You've got to as a Christian. You've got to have a hunger. I tell people this. If you don't have a hunger for the Word of God, you know what you do? You force feed yourself. You force feed. You force yourself to read, and it's not long until you start to get that hunger for more of what the Word says. Amen? Acts 1, 4 through 8. Listen, listen to this. And being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have, you have heard from me. 
For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Right here, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. There it is again, underline it, upon. Say upon. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea, all Judea and Samaria and unto the uh, end of the earth. Now, so here's the deal. Many Christians are trying to minister and, and, and witness to people and stuff without the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, here we see the Holy Spirit baptism was so important that Jesus told 500 people, don't even try to minister. Go to Jerusalem, get in that upper room, wait for the promise before you do anything. Are you following me? So, will you go to heaven without the Holy Spirit baptism? Yes. Will you represent Jesus properly without it? Will you represent the kingdom of God without the Holy Spirit baptism? Jesus didn't think so. Are you following me? So Jesus was saying, don't even attempt to minister until you receive the Holy Spirit, until he comes upon you to supernaturally equip you to be a witness for me. He will equip you with power. Uh, The word power is the Greek word, I love it, dunamis. You know what dunamis? It's where we get our word dynamite from. Ooh, I love it. Amen? Amen. He will equip you with power and spiritual gifts needed to properly represent him, Jesus, on this earth. Now, let me, let me just show you this. The Holy Spirit will use your God-given personality to flow through you. Have you found that out yet? How many of you know there's some people who are really, uh, you know, more excitable than others, right? I mean, it's just how God made people. They, each person has a different personality, right? God will use your personality to flow through you, but listen to this. This is what the Holy Spirit showed me. He will plow right through anything that's not of him. What do I mean by that? Fear, timidness, anything that would hold you back from being a witness for Jesus. Are you hearing me? So again, he will use your personality, but he will plow right through. And that's why you see... People who, in the book of Acts, how they prayed for boldness. Lord, give us boldness. What happened? The Holy Spirit gave them boldness. Amen? So we see when the Holy Spirit comes upon a person that it gives a boldness. Amen? All right. So there are several verses that talk about the Holy Spirit uh, giving boldness. Boldness to endure persecution for the sake of the gospel. How many of you know we are in the end times right now? Amen? How many of you know we need Holy Ghost boldness? All the junk that is rising up in school systems and our government around the world, right? We need boldness. Uh, Again, let me say this. We do not have to wait for, or we do not have to, what the Bible calls tarry, T-A-R-R-Y. We do not have to wait to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. We can receive the Holy Spirit baptism immediately after getting saved or any time thereafter. Do you follow that? The prerequisite for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is obviously getting saved, right? An unsaved person is not going to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, right? So um, 
So again, we do not have to wait for it. You don't have to go sit in an upper room for 48, 72 hours. No, no, no. Let me show you how you do this. I see three ways in the Word of God, three ways in the Word of God that tells us how to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Number one, we, ha- we see in the Word of God where someone was just preaching the Word and the Holy Spirit fell on the people and they received the Holy Spirit baptism. Their hearts were open to receive. All right, that's the first way that we see. Number two, someone who was baptized in the Holy Spirit laid hands on someone to receive. All right, number three to receive the Holy Spirit baptism is simply this, asking your heavenly father for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. All right, so I want to show you one very important passage that talks about just simply asking for the Holy Spirit. Go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. So those are the three ways that I see in Scripture that it happened. Those are the three avenues, if you will. But Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 13, talks about asking your Heavenly Father to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. All right? Very simple. Here we go. Jesus said these words. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? You kind of follow what Jesus is saying here? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Right here, verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's very, very simple. It doesn't have to be some big show. It doesn't have to be something... You don't even need anyone to pray over you for it. You can just ask. Uh, you know, uh, there, there's many Christians, and maybe you guys know some people, many Christians who they're afraid that they're going to receive the wrong spirit instead of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever known anyone who was like that? Like, well, what if it's not the Holy Spirit? No, no, no. Jesus put to bed this problem and said, no, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, that's exactly who you're going to receive. Amen. So, um, you know, the enemy wants to keep Christians in fear. The enemy wants to keep Christians from receiving this powerful, life-changing experience. You you know what? You can even ask right in your seat right now. You can even ask, Heavenly Father, baptize me right now with your Holy Spirit. You can receive right now. It's a simple, that's how you got saved, right? You believed. You, You read it. You believed in your heart. And me just reading this and preaching about this, it's probably stirring faith up in your heart right now even. Just ask Him. Heavenly Father, baptize me with Your Holy Spirit. I want to walk in the fullness of Your power, the fullness of Your anointing on this earth. Amen? See, what you got to understand, the kingdom of darkness is no match for a Holy Spirit-baptized Christian that operates and flows in the authority and power that Jesus commissioned us with. And that's why the enemy fights so hard. I always say this. If you want to see what some of the, one, well, some of the most important doctrines in the Christian faith are, find the ones that are very controversial. 
the Holy Spirit baptism is very controversial in some denominations, some beliefs. Are you following me? Why? Because the enemy wants to sow division. He doesn't want it happening. That's why. That's exactly what's going on. So, remember this. There's always one truth. There's always one truth, not many truths. To a, right? Either the Holy Spirit baptism is for today or it's not. Right? Both can't be true. Well, it is for today. So, again, so if you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, simply right now, just ask. Heavenly Father, baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Ask Him, even in your heart. Just ask Him. Invite Him in. You know, I want your Holy Spirit to come upon me and anoint me. It's very easy. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said earlier, the, we've made, try to make things real complicated. In fact, the, you know, the, the teaching on the Holy Spirit baptism, many people think that this is an advanced Christian thing. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Where, oh, well, get them saved first, let them kind of move on, and then we'll introduce the Holy Spirit baptism. No, that's not how God intends it, Right? What God intends, this is a basic doctrine of the Christian church. This is basic. The Holy Spirit baptism it should be just as basic as getting saved. That's why when I pray with people when they get born again, I'm always, I'll tie right into the salvation prayer. I'll tie right in and say, Lord, baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Let's kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, you know, right? I mean, this doesn't have to be some, why, you know, not receiving the Holy Spirit baptism, not teaching people the Holy Spirit baptism, baptism is like this. It's like enlisting soldiers in an army and not equipping them. Now think about that. Enlisting soldiers, you're getting people born again and, and you're getting them saved, praise God. Now get out and, and go into the battle without the Holy Ghost baptism? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. This is always going to be a church that's going to equip people. This is, again, this is a basic doctrine, the Holy Spirit baptism. Amen? There's nothing advanced about it. All right? So, um, so I laid the foundation on how to be eligible to operate in the gifts or manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Now let's move on and <clears throat> talk more about it. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1. You know, the Holy Spirit laid this upon my heart to teach on this because where we are going as a church in this area, we need to know some things about the gifts of the Spirit because I want all of you guys to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. That's how we're going to impact Carroll. That's how we're going to impact the and beyond, right, Tuscola County. Now, I want you to keep in mind, as we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, you know what, what came to me is this. Remind the people that the Holy Spirit is a person. He has a mind, will, and emotions. He's not just some cosmic, cosmic spooky thing, right? He's a person. So keep that in mind as we talk about this. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant or lack knowledge. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, 
But it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit. That's where I got my title from right there. (laughs) I love it. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Guess what? The gifts of the Spirit are not for you personally. The gifts of the Spirit are for you to minister to someone else. That's why there's no boasting. There's no pride in any. Pride is not allowed in the Christian life. Amen? That's not for you. These gifts are not for you. They're for you to minister to others. All right? But um, to profit with all, profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues. Now, tongues. Oh, praying in tongues, the gift of tongues. It's so spooky. You know, the word tongues just means this, languages. Languages. That's it. All right? But to another, the interpretation of tongues. Uh, But one and the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So the Word of God talks about nine gifts or manifestations or operations of the Spirit. Uh, These nine gifts are to profit all in the body of Christ. Now, they can operate in a corporate setting. All right, what's a corporate? Any more than one person, right? Corporate setting, like a church setting. Um, or they can operate during one-on-one ministry. Many times when I'm counseling or ministering deliverance to someone, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy come forth, right? So they can, they can flow in, in corporate or one-on-one ministry. Um, I want you to notice that the Holy Spirit distributes these gifts as He wills, all right? There's nothing you can do to make it happen. But listen to this. So he will give you the gift, the gift you need to operate in when you need it according to his will. You understand this? Now, there is nothing natural. There's nothing natural about these nine gifts. These are all supernatural. It has nothing to do with your natural talents. It has nothing to do with your natural ability. These are manifestations, gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're supernatural. Say supernatural. How many of you want to walk in the supernatural power of God? Amen. Amen. So so you have no say when to use them, but the Holy Spirit showed me this. You ready for this? You can position yourself to be used by the Holy Spirit. You have no say when they're going to be operating through you, but you can position yourself to be used by the Holy Spirit. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 12 and chapter 14. If you look at those two chapters, they're both talking about the gifts of the Spirit. 12 and 14. Notice I left out 13. 13 is the love chapter. It's the love chapter is sandwiched right in between of the two spiritual gifts. You want to know why? Because you cannot fully walk in the gifts of the Spirit effectively without walking in love. All right? Um, It's sandwiched right in between it. And that's by divine design because 1 Corinthians 14.1, listen to this, tells us to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Pursue love and... And desire spiritual gifts. So you can position yourself 
all right, by walking in love and desiring to be used with the gifts of the Spirit. Say love and desire. That is a way you can position yourself. If you want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit, love and desire. Now, love deals with your motive. You want to help people. You want to pull people out of the pit. Amen? All right? So love, because, like I said, you have pure motives to be used, and desire, because there's something about desire. There's something about desire that gets the Holy Spirit's attention to be used by him. And what the Holy Spirit showed me is this. It was very interesting. When I read that and I wrote that down in my office, I had a quick vision of being in a classroom. And I seen a teacher ask a question in in this vision I had. And I seen students go like this, me, me, raise their hand, me, me. That's what your desire does in the spirit. It's getting the Holy Spirit's attention saying, use me, me. Hey, isn't it interesting? The Holy Spirit is our what? Our teacher. Amen. It all ties in together. So, um, so here's another thing. You can have love and desire, but if you don't put yourself out there to be used, it won't happen either. Right? Pick up the phone and call someone to pray for them and to minister to them over the phone. Right? Go to the stores. Take your time to be kind to people and talk to people. And it'll probably it might you know work its way into a spiritual conversation, and the gifts will start to operate through you. You have to put legs to your prayers, or you have to do something to be used. In other words, don't pray, Holy Spirit, use me, use me, and stay in bed all day. Are you following me? Holy Spirit, use me, use me, and you're just laying in bed. Well, the Holy Spirit's gonna say, Get out of bed and go out to be used. So you see what I'm saying? So it says that these gifts are used as the Holy Spirit wills, but we can position ourselves to be used. Amen? All right, so here we go. Let's dive right in. Finally, I can get started now. (laughs) All right, here we go. So there's nine gifts of the Spirit, right? And they can be split into three categories. Three gifts, here we go, if you're taking notes. Three gifts say something. And then three gifts know something. And then three gifts do something. Three, three, and three. Say, know, and do. Those those gifts can be broken up into three categories. Say, know, and do. Now, The three gifts that say something, they're also called the utterance or the inspirational gifts. Uh, They are these. The gift of prophecy, diverse or different kinds of tongues or languages, right? For some reason, the word tongues is so mysterious to people and scares them away. (laughs) I don't know. But it's languages, okay? Tongues. So prophecy, diverse or different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, the three gifts that know something, we call those the revelation gifts. All right? The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. Now, how many of you know for everything that God has, Satan has a counterfeit? You know the revelation gifts? You know, can anybody tell me what the counterfeit is for the revelation gifts of the Holy Ghost? Psychics. Horoscopes, all these, all these, this junk. It's a, it, that's the occult. That's witchcraft. Stay away from them. Are you following me? 
See, Satan can't create anything. He just takes a principle of God and he twists it. All right? All right. So the three gifts that do something, all right, are the power gifts, and that's the gift of faith, the working of miracles, and gifts of healing. All right. Mm, This is some good stuff here. So let's start off real quick. Now, like I said, I'm just giving a brief overview of all these. And then in future sermons here, maybe next week we'll see what the Holy Ghost does. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take each of the three, three of the, the power gifts, revelation gifts, and I'm going to do a whole message on them. We'll dig deeper, okay? This is just, just foundation here. All right, so let's talk about the three gifts that say something, the utterance or inspirational gifts. Number one, the gift of prophecy. Prophecy is this, a supernatural utterance in a known language or tongue. The gift of prophecy is a supernatural utterance in a known language or tongue. The Greek word that's translated prophesy means to speak for another. So it means that you're being a spokesperson for God when you're operating in the gift of prophecy, right? Sister Carol, she gave a prophetic word today, right? Or uh, Brother Larry here, right? So, and, and someone else gave a word too. So, um, so here's an interesting connotation. That word prophesy also means this. Ready for this? To bubble up. To bubble, to bubble up. Now, when you, what does that mean? When you get a prophetic word to speak, and I'm sure all of you who operate in this gift, all right, uh, you can testify to this, but when you get a prophetic word to speak, many times you'll feel it bubbling up in, in the belly area. You, you, right? You feel that? You know I'm, yep, she's shaking her head, yes, right? All right, many times you'll feel it bubble up in your belly area like the Holy Spirit's prompting you to say something. Well, do you know that's where the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you, in your belly area? Right? Jesus said, out of your what? Belly shall flow rivers of living water. So a lot of times if you're feeling a nudge from the Holy Spirit or, or a prompting, we call it, right? You're going to feel it on the inside. That makes sense? I just love practical teaching like that. Amen? Just how to, how to be used, all right? Um, now, don't misunderstand the simple gift of prophecy to be the same as the ministry office of a prophet. They're different, all right? Just because someone may prophesy doesn't necessarily mean they're a prophet. Now, they might be, right? Now, a ministry of a prophet has to operate in at least two of the revelation gifts very strongly, very strongly. And when someone is is in the ministry office of a prophet, there seems to be uh, a weightiness, a, a, a heavier, stronger authority on that call, or a heavier anointing on the ministry office of a prophet. Are you following what I'm saying? There's an authority behind it, all right? So it doesn't mean that a ministry office of a prophet's any better than someone who's prophesies and not a prophet. It doesn't mean that at all. There's just differences of giftings and ministry callings. We're all the same body. We need each other, Amen. And we need you to operate in your gift, all right? Um, so um, go to 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. Are you enjoying this today? All right, we need to know something. Church, I'm telling you, this church, this, this area, we're, we're getting ready to move. Into, I know it, it sounds cliche, but I'm not meaning it to be cliche. We're going to see the supernatural break out 
in this church. I really, truly believe that. And in this area, okay? I mean, and it could catch fire around the world too, all right? We're not just limiting it to one area, right? All right, so 1 Corinthians 14.3, and it says this, But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men or to people. All right. So the gift of prophecy, it says here, will always have these three characteristics. It will edify or strengthen a person. It will always exhort or encourage a person. And it will always minister comfort to people. All right. Those are the three. How do I, well, how do I know if this prophetic words from the Lord that someone gave me, right? If it doesn't do those three things in your life, it's either from the flesh, the enemy, or both. Are you following me? Have, have you ever received a, a, a prophetic word from someone and it just, you could feel a wet blanket in the place. I mean, you felt discouraged. You felt like beat down after this word. That's not the Lord. Are you hearing me? That is not the Lord. All right. So, the Word of God tells us right there. So there's some practical teachings on that. Um, 1 Corinthians 12.3. Go back there with me. You, you, you'll be able to sense it when, when there's a word that's anointed from the Holy Ghost and not. Are you? I mean, woo! All right. You'll, you'll know what you say. When it happens to you, you'll remember this sermon and say, Oh, wow, yeah, now I know what Pastor James was talking about. All right, 1 Corinthians 12, 3. All right, it says this, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. All right, so anybody that claims they are from God, a messenger from God, will always exalt and confess Jesus Christ as Lord. All right, Jesus, say Jesus. Everything, Jesus is our foundation. If Jesus isn't in the mix, get rid of it. All right, and if, you know, and uh, (laughs) people who will not confess Jesus as Lord and and lift him up and, and be speaking with the foundation of the word, they're from the enemy. It's probably a demonic spirit motivating that person, okay? Um, I, by the way, I've seen many lives destroyed in the name of the prophetic gift. All right, let's talk about this real quick. Um, people have made major decisions based on one word of prophecy. All right, you're going to go do this, and then they quit their job, and they take off and run, and they fall flat on their face, and then they blame God. God, but you spoke this prophetic word to me. Well, it wasn't from God, or you're in the wrong timing. Amen. Say Timing. See, the Word of God doesn't tell us to be led by the prophetic Word. It tells us to be led by the Holy Ghost. Now, here's what I want to tell you. The the major way that God leads us in this life is through the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. You will know, you will have peace about a situation if you're supposed to do it. If you don't have peace, listen, here's a saying right here. If it's not quite, it's not right. If it's not quite, it's not right. All right, you you be led by peace. You let the peace of God on the inside be your umpire. All right, as the word says. And if you don't have peace on the inside about doing something, all right, then don't do it. All right. Um, most of the time, but not always, but many times, 
the prophetic word that's given will already confirm what's in your heart. Many times, and many times, a prophetic word, if it's spoken to you, it will be a confirmation of what the Holy Spirit has been stirring on the inside of you. Now, here's the deal. If it doesn't confirm what's been stirring in your heart, let Pastor James give you some good wisdom. You take that prophetic word and you put it up on the shelf and do nothing with it. And you let it come to pass. If it's from God, you let it come to pass in God's timing. I, uh, that's wisdom right there. All right. Oh, man. I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people get one prophetic word and run out and do something. And it was the downfall that just an absolute mess in their life. All right. But let it confirm something. If not, throw it up on the shelf. Now, many times the gifts operate together. For example, a prophetic word might include a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or the discerning of spirits. So, uh, you know, for the sake of this teaching, I'm just taking each one and kind of magnifying it, right? But a lot of times when you're operating and flowing in the gifts, the gifts can kind of interlock on each other and, and be used, okay? Now, the next one, diverse or different kinds of tongues. Here's this, what this means. This is a supernatural utterance or language from the Holy Spirit that the speaker did not learn. Like I said, it has no, it, this has nothing to do with your natural talent or natural ability. These are all supernatural, all right? You didn't learn this, and the hearer may or may not understand. What do I mean by that? In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, right? They all left the upper room. And then it said that people who were out on the street, they were speaking in their own language and people on the street were understanding the language. But here's what was happening. The people who left the, the, the upper room, they didn't know how to speak those languages. It was, it was divine, supernatural utterance from the Holy Spirit. But these people happened to understand the language that they were speaking. All right? You following me? So when talking about tongues, there's the gift of tongues and there's praying in tongues. The gift of tongues is a message for a corporate setting. Corporate setting any more than two. All right? Or a church service. That's when someone gets up and then we kind of wait around and wait for the interpretation. Right? All right? So um, that's the gift of tongues in operation when that happens in a corporate setting. Now, when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you can pray in tongues anytime you want. Say, anytime I want. I have access to the Holy Ghost. Pray in the perfect will of God. All right? So the gift of tongues is a message for a corporate setting, and that's when you need an interpretation of tongues. You need an interpreter. By the way, the interpreter, there's nothing natural about it. It's a supernatural gift that the Holy Spirit gives the interpretation to. All right? Um, praying in tongues, uh, is, is the Holy Spirit praying the perfect will of God through you and speaking the mysteries of God for personal spiritual edification. All right. Building up as Jude says, Jude one twenty, building up yourself, praying in the Holy ghost. All right. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. All right. So Paul, he prayed in tongues. He had personal devotional time of praying in tongues. All right. But then there's the gift of tongues. And there's been many uh, 
examples and testimonies of people who went to a foreign country on missionary trips, and they said they, they felt led to, you know, there's someone who is a, a foreign person standing in front of them, and they felt the unction just to start speaking in tongues. And then the person would understand, it's the perfect language in that person's native language, and, and they were preaching the gospel of that person. But the speaker didn't know how to, that language. Are you following me? That's the supernaturalness of the gift of tongues in action. All right? All right, so in a corporate setting, you need the interpretation of tongues in operation. Um, they have nothing to do with your intellect or ability. Um, now, the interpretation of tongues in a corporate setting, like our church here, uh, can come from the person that spoke the tongue or someone else in the congregation. Now, a lot of times when someone gives a tongue, right, and, and we're waiting and no one's speaking up, I guarantee you the Holy Spirit speaking to someone, that interpretation, and they might just be too fearful to give it. So a lot of what that happens sometimes in some churches, and then people are like, oh, that wasn't the Holy Ghost. No, is the person was just too chicken to give it. Are you following me? All right. So that's why you can't judge certain situations. All right. All right, so let's talk quickly about the three gifts that know something, the revelation gifts, the word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is supernatural revelation from the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. All right, now notice it's word of knowledge, not words. Word, one. It's a fragment or a fact about a person, place, or thing, or situation that the Holy Spirit wanted to reveal. Now, the word of knowledge in action is powerful. That's the thing where when you speak, the Holy Spirit gives you a, a vision or, or he speaks a word and you speak that word to someone. And all of a sudden, they, they start crying. They, and they start saying, nobody ever, I never told anybody that. Are you following me? I never told anybody that. How did you know that? Well, I didn't. The Holy Spirit did. That's the word of knowledge in action. It's something the, that God wanted to reveal to that person. And many times when the word of knowledge is in action, that's like opening the key to their heart. Then they start to trust you and say, wow, this person is flowing. <laughs> that God is using this person. God's speaking to me through this person. So a lot of times the word of knowledge in action, it's like opening their heart up and they become more receptive to what you're saying. All right? Um, so it's a fragment or fact. Um, it, can be, it can come through a prophetic word, the voice of God, a vision, a dream. Again, it's supernatural revelation that you didn't know anything about. It's not gossiping. Uh, right? Amen. It's, it's something you didn't know. It was revealed by the Holy Spirit. Revelation. Uh, a, re, a word of knowledge deals with a past or present circumstance about a person's life. Now, the word of wisdom, the next gift. Su, the word of wisdom is supernatural revelation from the Holy Spirit concerning divine purpose and plan in the mind and will of God. The word of wisdom. Here's the difference between the word of knowledge and word of wisdom. You ready? The word of wisdom deals with the future. The word of knowledge deals with the present and the past. All right? That's the difference. The word of wisdom deals with the future. Word of knowledge deals with the present or past. It can come through a prophetic word, a dream, the voice of God, vision, just revealed on the inside. You just know. All right? Uh, the discerning of spirits. That's a fun one. Uh, the manifestation... 
So the discerning of spirits is the, the manifestation from the Holy Spirit to give us supernatural insight about the spirit realm around us. All right? To discern means this. To discern means to perceive by seeing or hearing. Now, you know, just as we have uh, eyes in the natural and ears in the spiritual, we have five senses, right, in the natural. You, did you know you have five senses in the spirit realm, in your spirit, man? Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that at a later date. It's powerful, powerful teaching. But this gift allows you to see or to know what spirit, listen, is motivating an individual. Have you ever, someone has come up to you and, and said something, and, and you just know in your spirit something doesn't feel right with what they're saying? You know what I'm saying? Just like, oh, man, you kind of feel dirty, you know, like some don't feel right. Well, that's the discerning of spirit's gift. The Lord's showing you that this person's being motivated by the enemy. All right. I'm trying to give you some practical things here. Amen. I'm almost done. Stick with me. All right. Um, so, yeah, discerning of spirits is powerful. Now, quickly, let's talk about the three gifts that do something. These are fun, too. They're all fun. Uh These are the power gifts. The gift of faith. The gift of faith is a supernatural manifestation from the Holy Spirit where the Christian is empowered with special faith. Say special faith. It's special. It's not your your personal faith. It's not basic personal faith. The gift of faith, the gift or manifestation of the Holy Spirit is special faith. I like to call it this. Faith in overdrive. All right? It's, uh, it's special faith or wonder-working faith that is beyond the basic. All right? Um, now, the gift of miracles is a supernatural... Listen to this definition. I love it. A, the gift of miracles is a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. Oh, come on. A temporary suspension of the accustomed order or what you're used to or an interruption in the system of nature as we know it operated by the Holy Spirit. Say miracles. Man, that's powerful. See, this gift could also be called the working of acts of power. The Greek word that's translated miracles means this, explosions of the almightiness. Impelling, staggering wonders, astonishments, miracles, signs, and wonders. Amen? Uh, Here's the difference between the gift of faith and the working of miracles is this. The gift of faith receives a miracle. And the, the gift of miracles actually works or manifests a miracle. You following me? So the gift of faith is always to receive, just like our personal faith is to receive the blessings of God, right? Well, the gift of faith is where the Holy Spirit gives you that extra drive. Have you ever seen someone that was so bold and, man, they wouldn't give up for anything to, to hold on to something? To, I know God's going to do this. And there was just a boldness on them. That's the gift of faith that the Holy Spirit was given that person to receive that blessing from God, whatever it is, okay? Now, the last thing. Here we go. We're on final approach. Stick with me here. The gifts of healing. And this is the empowerment from the Holy Spirit 
to heal sickness, disease, and infirmities. Now, I want you to notice that it's plural, gifts. Say gifts. In other words, the Holy Spirit might use you to minister to certain people with certain diseases or sicknesses. Are you following me? You might see different results. You might see amazing results of people you pray over with cancer. Someone else might see results. Man, man, oh, oh, you have arthritis in your hands? Well, you need to have Betty pray for you because every person Betty prays for, man, there's a healing that comes forth with arthritis. Are you following me? Gifts. Say gifts. Gifts of healing. So there's many different gifts within the topic of healing. And guess what? You're not going to know what that is unless you get out there and start praying for people. Amen? So, like me, I I have always felt a very strong uh, faith or a boldness for like arthritis, cancer, growths, emotional healing seems to be one of the things that I get very good results on. Um, So, you know, whatever you'll feel a boldness come on you for that thing. You'll just know it. That's the gift of healing starting to rise up in you. Um, so there are many gifts in the healing category, but one thing is for sure, for sure is that we need all of these nine manifestations, all of these gifts in, to be active in this church and in this area. Amen? The Holy Spirit wants to manifest His power through us. And church, listen to me. Let's settle it in our heart right now to walk in love, and desire spiritual gifts, and to position ourselves to be used by the Holy Spirit in a powerful way. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Thank you, Lord. Father God, thank you for the gifts. Thank you for the manifestations of the Holy Spirit that are given to profit with all. And Lord God, I pray right now for every person in this place. Lord God, I pray you would reveal to them the gifts that you want to use them in. I pray that they would rise up. I pray a boldness would come upon every person. Every person in this church right now, in this building, and any person listening online through the internet. Lord God, let your anointing be loosed right now. Holy Spirit, use us to bring healing in your word to multitudes. Now, maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. I want you to meet me after service right in this corner over here, and I want to pray with you to make Jesus Lord of your life. Um, Maybe you've made Jesus Lord of your life a long time ago, but you frankly don't have confidence that if you died right now, that you would go to heaven. If that's you and you want to rededicate your life, let's just settle it today. Meet me over here in this corner. Maybe after hearing this message, you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, but today, you know what? It kind of clicked in your spirit. It, it became a little bit more real. You, you got a little bit more understanding about it. If you need someone to pray for you, to lead you through a prayer to receive the Holy Spirit baptism and to change your life and to be a, a witness for Jesus like never before, meet me over here. Maybe you need a physical healing, emotional healing. Maybe you just need prayer for anything. Anything else, just meet me over here. But thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Lord, I just pray right now that you would encamp every person in this building with your holy angels, encamp their vehicles, their homes. And Lord, I pray your favor upon them this week. Holy Spirit, I pray you administer to them all the way until they come back next Sunday. Holy Spirit, illuminate 
illuminate this message and even give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Take them deeper into this and use them in a mighty way. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, guys. Well, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Okay. So Tuesday night, seven o'clock to prayer ministry on the phone. Uh, Join us for that Wednesday night, seven to eight. We will be here for prayer. So have a great week. If you need anything, call me, myself, get a card over there, my cell phone or the church. We love you all. Come on back in Jesus name. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.